Well, good morning, Coastal. How you guys doing? You guys doing all right? How was everybody's New Year's? You guys have a good New, New Year's? Woo, how did I can't even talk? Oh man, well, before we get started, I just wanna say thank you to a couple of people really quick. And first and foremost, I just wanna say thank you to our pastors, Pastor TJ and Shayla. Um, thank you for the sacrifices that you have made. I mean, every single thing that we, get to get, that we get to experience in this place is because of a sacrifice that you and Shayla made early on. So we just wanna say thank you. Let's make some noise for our pastors because we have incredible pastors. I'm grateful. Thank you for the opportunity to get to hang out with everybody today because, man, am I excited for today's message. It has been something that God has just wrecked me with and, and done a work in me, and so I'm excited to get to share it with you guys today. But I have to know this, and last night people were really honest, and I'm kind of excited about this, but has anybody ever been in a fight before? Anybody? Oh, Thank you. Oh, honesty. I'm loving this church, man. We're honest in this place. And so, all right. So let me tell you about this one time that I got into a fight, but I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go back to high school with me, okay? I know that that might not be a super fun thing, but I need you to go back to high school. Do you remember the things that used to bring about all these emotions, right? You had all these hormones that were like raging. Like you didn't, you didn't know what you were doing, right? And so in the middle of high school, I just remember that my favorite part about high school was field trips, right? Anybody else love field trips? You got to leave school, you got to go out, and you got to learn these things. And so the best part about having a boyfriend in high school was that you always had a guaranteed bus buddy, okay? And so I remember that I would get on this bus really, really early. I, I would go and I would sit. You don't sit all the way to the front because that's where the teachers sit. And you don't sit all the way in the back because that's where the bad kids sit. And you don't want to get labeled as one of those. And so you sit somewhere in the middle, right? And so I get this seat. I clearly sit by the window so that the seat next to me is open so that he knows it is for him, right? He gets on this bus. And let me just tell you that this man walked, boy, it was a boy, walked right past me and walked all the way to the back of the bus and sat with his friends. I'm like, you know what? I'm cool. I'm a cool girlfriend. I'm not jealous. I'm going to let this slide this one time. He just wants to hang out with his friends. It's fine. So when we get to the field trip, and I'm like, for sure, though, when we walk around the museum, he's going to be my buddy, my partner that walks with me through the museum, right? No, he chooses one of his friends. And I'm like, all right, strike two, man. Strike two. You're almost out. And I'll never forget all those, all, those, all those emotions are raging. We finally get back to school. I'm at my locker. I'm getting everything ready to just leave for the day, call it a day, and walk away. And that's when the third strike happened. This girl walked up to my boyfriend, and they kissed in the hallway. And let me just tell you, I said, first of all, we're at a Christian school, and PDA is not allowed. Second of all, I'm going to fight you. And so I don't know what happened, but by the time that I put my stuff down, the, my boyfriend was gone. He had already ran home. And I'm like, okay, I guess my sweet Susie face just turned into the Hulk at one point, And he just saw the look in my eyes. He's like, I'm dead. And so he ran away. And I walk up to this girl. I have a couple choice words with her that I'm not allowed to tell you what I say because totally inappropriate for church. But I ball up my fist. I get ready. I grew up with brothers. I grew up with boys in the neighborhood. So I knew how to throw a punch. I lock and load and I just wail it, right? right into the metal locker that was behind her face. <laughs> and at some point in time, that sounded like a good idea because as angry as I get, I really don't wanna hurt anybody. Like, I, I don't wanna hurt anybody. And so in my mind, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna punch this locker because it's gonna prove a point. I'm gonna fight my battle this way. I'm just gonna go past her and I'm just gonna punch the metal locker. And how many of you know my friend walks up and he's like, hey, 
it was a really bad idea. And I said, yeah, I know, my hand was bleeding, I'm pretty sure I broke a, a knuckle or two, and I was like, that was a dumb idea. And have you ever looked back on a decision and said, hey, that was a really dumb idea. There are some, some better ways that I could have handled that situation. Maybe I, I could have stepped back and took a, a breather for one second and thought it through. But no, we just kind of get alarmed by something when we just react in that moment. And we start to make these things, these decisions that we regret. My hand regretted it way more than anything else. And so as I'm studying these battles in the Old Testament, and I love the Old Testament. Does anybody else love the Old Testament? If you don't know about the Old Testament, you gotta get into it. I love war stories. I love battles. I love these, these scenes where these valiant warriors are like walking into battle and just protecting all of these people and, and all of these crazy scenes. And in the midst of all these battle scenes in the Old Testament, you find 2 Chronicles 20, and this battle is fought in a totally different way. And so I'm so excited to get to study it with you today because I think that if we can take heed to the things that Jehoshaphat did in this story, that we are gonna fight our battles a little bit differently this year in 2021. Are you guys ready? You ready to read God's word? All right, so we are gonna dive into 2 Chronicles 20. And I'm gonna be all over the place. If you brought your Bibles with you, it's gonna be in that portion of scripture, but I'm gonna jump from verse to verse. And so it might be a little bit hard to follow me. It's my personality, but we have it for you on the screen. It's in your notes. It is everywhere that you could possibly need it. And so what's happening right here is these three armies, which is Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, have come against Jehoshaphat and the nation of Judah. And so they are about to face this vast army that they do not have the people or the equipment or the abilities to be able to fight against. And so they are feeling powerless. They don't know what to do. And that's where we pick up in this story is that they're about to have a pep talk with God right before they go into battle, right? Have you guys ever been facing something that you just feel powerless to? Maybe it's a situation. Maybe it's your, your finances. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's something that you're walking through that you just feel powerless and you don't know how you're gonna get through it. You don't know what to do. And then you just have to face it. And so that's what's happening right now. They are about to go into battle against something that they know in their physical strength they will not defeat. And this is what God says in this little pep talk. He speaks through a man named Jehaziel. And he says this in verse 17. He says, you will not have to fight this battle. How many of you guys would love to hear that right before you're about to walk through something? You will not have to fight this battle on your own. This is not just you. He says, take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance that the Lord will give you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. I don't know about you, but if I heard that right before I was about to go into a battle that I thought I would never win, that would be like the most encouraging thing ever because I'm walking the battle. I'm like, you know what? All I have to do is just stand there and watch, and God's gonna take care of it all. And so let's listen to what happens, ready? In verse 21, it says, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out ahead of the army, saying, give thanks to the Lord, his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord sent ambushes amongst the men of Ammon and of Moab and of Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. They were destroyed one another. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooked the desert and looked towards the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground, for no one had escaped. Can you just imagine that? An army, these group of people just walk up and they're singing. It's like sending our worship team out into the battle. Like, I don't know about you, but there's only about two of those jokers that I would take in with me to battle. 
And they sent their worship team ahead of the army just to sing. And as they sing and as they praised God, the entire army that they were facing just fell. And I don't know about you, but I want a victory like that in my life. I want God to fight my battles because clearly he does a better job than me punching metal lockers. And so when I start facing some things in life, I want God to fight my battles for me. But the truth is that this battle was not won on the battlefield. This battle was won beforehand, way beforehand. There were things that Jehoshaphat did when he first found out that this army was coming up against him that set apart the outcome that you see. And you know what? We can't always change the circumstances that come at us, right? But we can change how we respond to them. And so we're gonna learn today how Jehoshaphat responded when he got some bad news and how it set him up for God to just do this victory in his life. And so I wanna jump back to the beginning of chapter 20. In verse two, it says, some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom and from the other side of the sea. It is already in some words that it's pretty much, it's just right around the corner, okay? It's close, it's coming at you, it's right now. And so it says alarmed, everybody say alarmed. Alarmed, say it like you mean alarmed. Alarmed. All right, so Jehoshaphat is alarmed in this moment. And how many of you guys have ever been alarmed and shaken and just shook by some news that you have gotten before, right? And do you always make great decisions when you're alarmed? Probably not. We don't make the best decisions, but listen to what Jehoshaphat did. It says that Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for all the people of Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. And so there are three things that Jehoshaphat did in these couple of verses that I wanna study with you because if we're gonna win the battles beforehand, before this year ever starts, I don't know what battles are gonna come at us in 2021, but let me just tell you that if you're not in one right now, you're gonna face one at some point. And if we wanna win these battles beforehand, there are a couple of things that we need to do. And the first thing that we need to do is pray. That's number one in your notes. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. We have to pray. And sometimes I think we make prayer way too difficult. We think that we have to have these eloquent words and we have to have these long drawn out prayers and God's like, no, I just want you. I just want you to come and just be honest with me. Tell me what's going on in your life. Right after verse four, Jehoshaphat goes into his prayer and I love how he prays because he starts off by just honoring God. And he just says, hey God, I know that power and strength come from you. I know that you are mighty. I know that you are able to fight my battles for me. But, but this is what I'm facing. And he starts to tell God what's happening. He's like, hey, this, there's this vast army that's coming against me as if God doesn't already know. But a lot of times we treat our prayer life how we treat our relationships nowadays. You know, now with social media, we find ourselves just being like, oh, hey, I saw on your story, like your vacation looked really cool, awesome. Hope you have a great day and we kind of walk away. And we've lost the art of conversation. Do you remember what it was like to get to hang out with one of your friends that you hadn't seen in a while? And you would say, hey, what's new in your life? Hey, what is God speaking to you? Hey, what have you been up to? What have you been doing? Oh man, that's so cool. What were you feeling when you, when you were walking through the zoo with your kids and your kids saw a lion for the first, was that cool? And we get to hear about the experiences and we're almost invited into that experience with them as we ask questions and we get more details. It's like the difference of reading a book versus watching a movie. But our prayers have to be the same thing. God wants to know how we're feeling. And yes, sure, he already knows, he's all knowing, but he wants you to invite him into the experience and the situation that you're walking through. 
And so it's, hey, God, I'm frustrated right now. Hey, God, I'm angry because I don't understand what's happening in my life. Hey, God, I don't know what to do right now. And listen how Jehoshaphat ends his prayer. And if this is all you take, you can ignore me for the rest of this message. I could care less. But if you walk away with this one verse, I think it will transform your prayer life. In verse 12, he ends his prayer with this. He says, for we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. For we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And then so many times in life, I have not known what to do. But if we just go back to prayer and we use this line, like, listen, when you don't know what to do, just go pray Jehoshaphat's prayer. Hey, God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And what that does and what prayer does is it gets us off of our situations and the things that we see in this physical realm and the circumstances that we're facing. And it gets our eyes back on the one who can cure it all. He's our protector, our provider. He is able to do immeasurably more than we could dream or imagine, but we have to set our eyes on him. And so maybe you struggle with prayer. Like Pastor TJ said, there's a book on your seat that says pray first. And that's gonna help walk you through some different prayers that are in the Bible and how to apply those to your prayer life. And you will see things change in your life when your prayer life changes. And so if we're gonna win our battles beforehand, the second thing that we have to do is we have to fast. That's a fun one. And so what is fasting? Maybe you, you've, never, you've never done that before. Fasting is just giving up something that you love or something that you do and replacing that time or that thing with just seeking after God. When you, when you get tempted by, by whatever it is that you want or whatever it is that you gave up, you just go back to the prayer of, hey God, I, I wanna draw closer to you. Hey God, I'm praying for these things. And it's a, a physical reset to the things that you're praying for. And in the Bible, they did fast for a multitude of different things. Ezra called a fast, a fast for the people to humble themselves. And anybody else know, I know all the time I need to be humbled. It's good for us. Fasting is good for us. The other thing is uh, sometimes when things were heavy on somebody's heart or they were facing a big problem, they would pray and fast. Certain miracles can only take place with prayer and fasting. It teaches us commitment and keeping our promises. It draws us closer to God. But one of the coolest things that I think fasting does and is actually one of the fruits of the Spirit, and so I wanna, I wanna recite the fruits of the Spirit with you guys, okay? Are you guys ready to go back to VBS? Anybody VBS? No? Cool. All right. If you didn't grow up in kids' church, you don't know what that means. All right, so Galatians 5.22, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces these kinds of fruits in our lives, and they are, ready? Let's go, guys. Love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Nobody likes that one, do they? Self-control, man, that is a fruit of the Spirit, meaning that the Holy Spirit residing inside of us overflows in the form of self-control. And so fasting, what we're doing is we're actually growing in the gift of self-control. You see, every single time, I always have to give up food. I love food, I love sugar. Homemade chocolate chip cookies are God's gift to me. I love it. And so. I always have to give that up because it is what I think about, I dream about it, I'm like the cookie monster, that's all I eat, salad, put it away, but I want those cookies. And every single time I have ever done a fast, it without fail, it doesn't matter where I work, it doesn't matter where I am, somebody rolls in with homemade, fresh out of the oven, chocolate chip cookies to my door. And I look at them and I think, man, I want that. But I, but I know I'm like, I'm like giving this time to God, but, but come on, just this one time, right? 
It's not like I'm gonna eat that cookie and a lightning bolt is gonna strike me down because that's not how fasting works. But just this one time, I just want that and I start to justify, right? So I start to justify my actions and I start to justify my desires and I start to justify the things that I want. And so I, I start to think, I'm like, man, you know, kindness is another fruit of the spirit. And I'm not being kind if I tell this woman that has slaved in the oven to make these homemade chocolate chip cookies, if I tell her no, that's not being kind, is it? And so I start to justify my actions and I'm like, just this one time. But how many of you guys know that if we start to create those habits with something as simple as a cookie, that will overflow into how we make decisions with some bigger things. And so just this one time, I, I just wanna look at porn. It's not gonna ruin my marriage tomorrow. And just this one time, I wanna go on a shopping spree and spend money that I know I'm not supposed to be spending. It's not gonna ruin my budget tomorrow. Well, it will, but... That's what we think, that's how we justify it. Just this one time, I'm gonna try drugs, because who gets addicted the first time, come on. And we start to justify things. And so by fasting and by sitting in that place where you have to make a decision of, is this cookie worth more than my relationship with God? We have to choose our commitment and our promises that we've made to God over the desires of our heart. Desires of our heart. You know, even Jesus was tempted, and I've never related to Jesus more than I do in Matthew 4, because Jesus had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And it says in scripture that he was hungry. I'm like, Jesus, I feel you. I am always hungry. I've never related with you more in scripture. I am always hungry. And in this moment of hunger, the enemy shows up. And what does he say? He says, if you are really the son of God, why don't you just turn these stones into bread? You could do that, right? And I think a lot of times we use this excuse as Christians. We say, if I'm a really a child of God, doesn't he want me to have the desires of my heart? Shouldn't I do what makes me happy? In today's world, you do you, boo-boo. <laughs> and so we say, if God is gracious and God loves me, shouldn't I be able to do whatever, whatever it is that I want and he's just gonna forgive me? And listen to how Jesus responds to this. So could he have done that? Sure. But he responds with scripture and he says, it is written. He responds with a word from God. He says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so in this moment, Jesus shows self-control, but he also shows knowledge of scripture. And so what if we took this time of 21 days in prayer and fasting and we took it seriously? Who knows that the scriptures that you're gonna need for the temptations that are gonna come in 2021 are not lying in your dedication to the prayer and fasting that is for the next 21 days. That when those temptations come, because they will come, things are going to happen, 2021 is not gonna be an easy year, we're gonna have the scripture to fight the things that the enemy tries to throw at us. How powerful and how great would that battle be when you get to walk into a temptation and have the very scripture that you need for that specific temptation? And so we have to take this time seriously if we are gonna win this battle beforehand. The third thing that we have to do if we're gonna win our battles beforehand is that we have to gather. And in Hebrews 10, 23 through 25, it says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise so we should probably keep ours. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. 
And I love that it says we need to motivate one another because acts of love and good deeds don't always come super easy. And so we need people around us that are gonna encourage us and push us towards the thing that God has for us. And I know that this word gather has a little bit of a negative connotation right now. But the truth is, is that sometimes we complain way more about community than we do create it. And we have to start getting creative with community. And so all this technology that we have, we have the ability to create community, not only for ourselves, but there are other people around us that are not going to initiate creating community that need you. And so maybe you've been sitting on the back lines and you haven't been wanting to jump into next steps and connect groups and the things that we have going on here. But maybe it's not just for you because you need people, but somebody else needs you. And so maybe you do a FaceTime call with five of your closest friends and say, hey, we're gonna seat God together. Monday morning, 7 a.m., meet me there. You do Zoom calls. My friend started a Zoom call on Wednesday nights and she has hundreds of people that show up from all over because they're so hungry for community. And this is not a time for us to isolate. This is a time for us to get creative. And so let's utilize the technology that God has given us. And if you do have the opportunity to join us in person, like Pastor TJ said, from Monday through Friday, from 6.30 to 7.30, we're gonna be here. And 9 a.m. on Saturday. That one's easier for me. But what I love about these 21 days of prayer and fasting is it's unlike any other time of morning prayer because people write their prayer requests on the back of those Get Connected cards. And those prayer requests fill this stage. And people come up during that hour and they pick up those prayer requests and they pray specifically for them. And so each prayer request is getting prayed for 20, 30, 40 times over. And there was so much power when we joined together as the body of Christ in unity and pray and seek God together. And so I don't know what season of life you're in and if you're online, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being here. Thank you for staying a part of this community in the ways that only you can. And, and maybe you guys, you create community. You do the FaceTime calls. You do these Zoom calls. You start a connect group late in later January that is based online so that people that are, are stuck at home have community inside their homes. Guys, we are the answer to so many of, of life's problems. And so I don't know what your next step is. I don't know what this season is going to look for you, but if we would do these three things, if we will pray, if we will fast, and if we will gather, we're gonna win some battles beforehand and we are gonna hear these words that are in verse 15. It says, this is what the Lord says to do. And this is what I'm gonna pray over you guys. Do not be afraid or do not be discouraged because of this vast army. Whatever your vast army is going to be, whether it's personal finances, it might be relationships, your marriage, your friendships, your family, your loneliness. It might be your business that you've sacrificed so, more that, so much that it's struggling. I don't know what your vast army is going to be in 2021, but let's continue to read verse 15. It says, for this battle is not going to be yours, but it's gonna be God's. It's gonna be God's. You're not gonna have to fight. If you'll do these things, if you'll take this time of prayer and fasting seriously, you are gonna watch God go before you. So I just wanna pray for you guys really quick. So if you would, just close your eyes and bow your heads because there might be somebody in here that has never taken the first step 
And the first step is just entering into a relationship with this God. He's here for you. He wants to fight your battles for you. And maybe you're feeling exhausted and feeling alone and feeling powerless to everything that you're facing in life. And, and today you're done fighting your battles on your own. And so what you need to do here today is, is to just enter into a relationship with God. And so I'm gonna pray this prayer called the salvation prayer. And if you've never prayed it before, I ask that you would just raise your hand or look up at me because I wanna lead you in this prayer. Just say, God, I'm done fighting my battles on my own. I need you. I'm so grateful that you loved me so much that you sent and sacrificed your son to pay a price that I could not pay on my own. And so today, Jesus, I choose you as my Lord and my Savior. I'm not walking out of this place the same, but I'm walking out a new creation in who you say I am. And God, I pray for the rest of us in this room as we go about this time of prayer and fasting. God, I, I pray that you would make it so clear the thing that we are supposed to fast and whether that's movies or TV or social media or, or toxic friendships or um, food. God, whatever it is that is really just, we know that you're asking us to walk away from. God, I pray that you would give the strength and the courage and the steadfastness and the perseverance to be able to see these 21 days through because God, I know that temptations are, are going to come at us and and so many different things are gonna make us question and say just this one time, but God, I pray that we would hold fast to your word, that we would hold fast to our promise to you, and that we would see this time of prayer and fasting through, and that we would see and experience you in ways that we have never experienced you before. And God, I pray that you would just continue to pour out your blessings and your favor as, as we sacrifice these things for you. God, I thank you for who you are, and it is in your powerful name that we all 